The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's Shriners Children's Open, and we are live on YouTube. And if you want to chat with us, go ahead and chat, because we'll be taking questions or comments from those of you on YouTube. We've got breaking news at the top. We've got to talk about this event, the first leg of the Vegas swing, and then we'll get to our best bets and one and done. And joining me to break it all down. Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, what's up? What's going on, Rick? Um, fired up today. Love love our breaking news uh, on all fronts. Can't wait to get into it and, and uh, dice it up with you guys. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to have you. Yeah, I was just looking through the list of um, when I was on the podcast last, and that was the 21st of September. So that's over a couple, you know, almost three weeks ago. What you guys trying to uh, eliminate me from the show? How's this working? We've been missing you. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Well, I'm old. Uh, well, well, I'm one year older since you last saw me. So good to be back with you guys. That's right. Happy belated birthday, Mark. A couple of days ago, right? Mm, the second of October, fifty-one. Right. I'd love to say fabulous, but fifty-one and aging. You don't look a day over fifty. So I wish we knew this is like the second episode in a row. We need a breaking news drop. We got to work on that breaking news. The match part five is official and it is exactly what everyone has been waiting for. Bryson DeChambeau versus Brooks Kepka. Greg, let's just start with this. Uh, there's, there's no, there's no other athletes. There's no other celebrities. This is mono e mono Brooks versus Bryson going after each other. Well, first of all, uh, the mono e mono aspect, it, that's the format that I like. It gets rid of some of the fluff that's involved. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely a fan of that. I, I think one-on-one -on -one match play is as pure as it gets. Now, you don't know what you're going to get excitement wise. You're definitely in a, in a one-on-one um, -on -one with only one match out there. You're, you're at risk of a kind of a fluff match. If somebody doesn't bring their game, somebody doesn't play well, it can get out of hand quick and it can become, uh, it can become boring quick. But that being said, I think these guys are going to have a little bit to play for. The one question I have is, is this, is this old news? Are these, are, are these just, two friends now going out to play or is there still some uh, is there still a score to settle and and i feel like we've lost that with the rider cup which i'm grateful for and i'm happy about i just i feel like if this happened before the rider cup we may have had a little more there may have been a little more heat behind it a little more intensity little more behind it yeah a little more juice right well, so i don't know 
you, you think that, um, you know, the producers of this match might be a little bit concerned about keeping everyone's attention, Mark, because this is not an 18-hole match. It's a 12-hole match. It's going to be played at the win here in Las Vegas. It's a, a, a great course. I don't know how. They'll probably do a custom routing, but 12 holes. I I don't know why. I think maybe they're going to play off like 12 rounds with the heavyweight champ. It's going to be kind of boxing themed, Showtime, Las Vegas type of deal. But 12 holes is what we get. Well, that take that you offered before we went live was actually pretty savvy. And and I, before I, I give my take, color me bored. I mean, match <laughs> five. You got. Gee, I, I'm wondering. You got 12 holes to your point, but then what are they going to mix in like? one of those one club holes and all sorts of stuff to keep the thing interesting. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's in a time of the year. I understand after Thanksgiving, uh, I think the 12 holes might be to fit in television because that time of the year with football and stuff, it's a big deal So maybe it's trying to navigate its way around television schedules, but Brooks and Brasson, I mean, that's like the playground fight that's gone away now, hasn't it? Uh, and it's almost like the match was late to the party. So um, I, I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Um, I don't think I'll be tuning in for this, uh, to be honest, really, with you. But uh, I, I hope it turns out great. I hope they make a whole bunch of money for charity like they always do. And I'm just keen now, you know, with this whole player impact program thing going on, how this is going to help the end of the year rankings. Because um, this, let's not forget, this was hinted at um, before the Ryder Cup even when they started proclaiming their buddies and watch the space, something was likely to happen. I'm like, Oh, please. Here we go. I at least thought maybe like Greg says, he likes the one-on-one -on -one thing. Why don't you bring in the Brady's and the Mannings and company? Because for me that drove ratings. And if you really want to make this a splash, you need the TV ratings up, don't you? And so bring in a few other personalities there. But anyway, I I'll stop. I I'm, I'm not on board with it that much. And it's Thanksgiving. I'll be enjoying that rather. Yeah, that's right. The day after Thanksgiving. So this will be a, a, a final uh, push for the PIP money at the end of the year. And Greg, uh, I think money, I, I think they're going to just lean into this whole Las Vegas thing and uh, the money that presumably will be put up for this, which has historically uh, since Tiger versus Phil in the first one has gone to some charity effort. The 18th hole at this course, I played it a couple of weeks ago. It's uh, They redid this course about two years ago. It is a majestic par three that the backdrop is this completely man-made waterfall. And when you play that course, depending on what tee box you're on, if you make an ace, Greg, it's like 10,000 bucks, 15,000 bucks, or 20 grand that they give you. So I imagine they will ratchet that amount up. And if one of those guys makes an ace on 18, it's going to be like a million dollars to the charity of their choice. Right. And, and I'm sure that'll all be exciting. And um, and from the sounds of it, whatever they do with the routing, they'll, they'll work that hole in there. Yeah. Um, cause that's just so Las Vegas, right? All of a sudden you got a waterfall in the desert behind the 18th green and it fits, it fits the mold of it. It fits the, the Las Vegas style. So, uh, look, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but the thing I like about the format, it doesn't feel like you're, well, nah, maybe that's. Maybe that's not true, but when sometimes when you add in the other athletes, it feels like you're chasing the ratings. Maybe this is chasing the ratings anyway. Um, and I guess it's a, your, your hand selecting a match. So of course you're trying to get guys that people are interested in watching, but it does feel like these are two 
um, two professionals at, at a really nice point in their career. It's not like they're on Tiger and Phil, uh, even though they both want a major after it, maybe it felt like they were on the way down during that match um, at the back end of their career. Maybe it felt like they weren't necessarily at their best. Um, and, and now with this one, it feels like these are two top 10 players in the world who are at their best. And so there's a chance you could see some pretty good golf. Uh, that being, and I like the time frame. I like having it the day after Thanksgiving. I don't like doing it in the summer. I don't like doing it on a Tuesday. I like doing it the uh, the day after Thanksgiving. I think it makes sense. I think that's a good time for it. And if you if you're not a fan of it and you you're rolling your eyes at it, well then you you simply don't watch and you don't have to. There's plenty of other things to watch on TV that day. There's no one forcing it. So um, from that regard, I I don't have a problem with it. I just I do think that that it's a little old. I think it's lost some juice. I think it's lost some heat. So we'll see how it picks up. But I do think I don't know about you, Mark, but I imagine there'll be some people who right now are saying I'm out. I'm not going to watch it. But when it's Friday and you're sitting there on the couch dealing with your um, dealing with your full belly from the day before, (laughs) you're going to want to click over and, and see what Bryson and Brooks are doing. I hope. This this might entice me because, as you've heard, I'm a bit of a naysayer. Um, I would love to see them. Uh, Rick, you know the golf course. I'd love to see them cut the rough down. I hope it's like set up for just amateur golfers coming out there. Mm-hmm. So Bryson can just absolutely unload and drive it 50 past Brooks on every hole and then actually start some sort of an ego feud because then it <laughs> might be exciting for me because otherwise it's going to be a bunch of pillow fighting going on and guys trying to they, they're going to mic them up and try and get them to to to, to rib each other some uh, i don't know I, i'd like to see bryson drive it because honestly in terms of intrigue you were there rick i know that i thought bryson in the long driving contest was infinitely more interesting interesting than these two going at it for 12 holes outside of vegas i really did that might end up being true. It's it's a fascinating of what they're going to try to pull off. We haven't seen this one-on-one since Tiger versus Phil. Uh, Greg, let's end with this. I don't think I can show this comment because there's an expletive in the username, but I like where this is going. So uh, the comment says, I think Bryson won over some haters. I bet it's Bryson minus 135. Do you see, there, there's obviously going to be betting opportunities on this, Greg. Who would you assign as the favorite in this match? Uh, Bryson, no, without question right now. Uh, he was a little better at the Ryder Cup, I think. Um, he's not has no issues with injury. It looks like Brooks is healthy, but we'll see. Uh, it, we're going to get a chance to see Brooks this week, and not Bryson. So uh, as we uh, as we um, move along here in this season, we'll get a chance to see these guys a, a couple of times. I would imagine at least uh, at least once each, probably twice probably two to three times for Bryson. He's probably going to play a CJ cup next week. See, I mean, you might see Bryson three times. Uh, you might, or two times Brooks two to three times beforehand. So uh, it'll be curious to see how they play. Where, where's their form, but I would definitely give Bryson the favorite as it stands right now. Unless something's changed, Bryson told us he is not playing until the hero world challenge. Um, so we'll see. So this would be the next time we see him would be this event the day after Thanksgiving. So he's not playing it. He's not playing any of that stuff. Okay, yes, interesting. If he, if he sticks to his word, what he told us. Yeah. Hey, I'm firmly on board with uh, Greg and our friend guy on the you know guy in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I watched. I made a point of watching Bryson play some at the uh, Ryder Cup, and 
he was hitting it hard and he was accurate. Now, you know, ever since he's gone through this metamorphosis, he, I've been astounded really at how accurate he is in terms of the power he has off the tee. But in some of his matches, he was absolutely unleashing and threading the needle on all of these fairways. And he is a pretty impressive looking golfer right now. And if he can piece it all together, I would say he's the favorite by a long shot of that. I'm, 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 I have no doubt. The, sorry, so, Greg, so I just wanted to ask a question. How does that, th does that look bad on Brooks if he loses to Bryson? Bryson's <laughs> a favorite. Bryson goes out and wins. We expect now is that, does that create any, uh, any problem for, does it create a problem for anyone if they lose? It's 12 holes. No, it's 12 holes. Not at all. I mean, yeah. If, if, so we're just going to roll off our back no matter what. Yeah, if if I'm if I'm beaten in this match, I'll be like, come on, man, this was twelve holes. It was a hidden giggle, essentially made for TV. Nah, this doesn't mean anything to me. Well, we're gonna find out. Day after Thanksgiving, twelve hole match between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. It'll be played at the Win in Las Vegas. And if it is true heavyweight fighting mold, one will win. There will be a rematch. The other one will win. And then we will get a third one for all the, you know, all the marbles. That's how, that's how they make the most money out of these fights. That's how they make the most money out of these matches. We'll, we'll be there to check it all out. Gentlemen, let's turn our attention to this week's Shriners, Las Vegas. Here we go. TPC Summerlin. And I think maybe uh, the biggest news that you can have on a Tuesday, Greg, is that the two-time winner and guy who's also finished runner-up at this event, Kevin Na, one of the betting favorites, is out. He withdrew, uh, citing a rib injury. I was out there this morning. He was putting around. Looked good to me, but I'm not his rib. The rib hurts. He's out. He's going to try to get better for CJ Cup. Yeah, um, and I hope he does because he's in good form. So this is one that uh, it, it, probably a very popular one-and-done pick. Uh, he was going to be my one-and-done pick until I heard the news. So that was a little bit disappointing. Um so we'll see. We'll see what happens with Kevin Na here. Ultimately, it shouldn't lead to too much trouble. But this is one of those events where he has a real chance of winning. And when you're a player like Kevin Na, who is not necessarily or hasn't likely in the past rattled off consistently top tens in a row, you need these opportunities. He's he had a really nice run at the end of the year. I'm not taking that away from him, but that is rare in his career. And the thing that he has done, which has been impressive to, to stay relevant and stay on our minds and stay in at least to some degree, a Ryder cup conversation is to pop off and, and win tournaments. And when he gets in contention, he closes the deal very nicely. So when you get a chance, when you play with his style and you get a chance to compete on a course that you've done well at before, a course that's not overly long, a course that's not too penal when you miss, if you're short and crooked, there aren't many courses that that favor you, but because of what he does around the greens, this that's is my game, Greg. Short, yeah, crooked, that's my game. Right, and let, it, let me it doesn't you, work not, most places. There are not a lot of courses that fit that. <laughs> that's right. And this one, for PGA Tour standards, it's it's not the end of the world if you're in that camp. So it, it's um it's an opportunity lost for him, and it, it's potentially a big one. The rest of this field, Mark. It's pretty impressive. Brooks Kepka's showing up. Webb Simpson's here. Sam Burns right back at it after victory in Jackson. Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Will Zalatoris, Abraham Answer, Hideki Matsuyama. Let, let, let's start. Let's start with some of these guys. Webb Simpson, I think, is really interesting. What kind of season are we going to get from Webb Simpson? You know, it was uh, a 2021 year that 
was kind of marred by uh, injury and illness, and he just never really got it going. Uh, TPC Summerlin is a place that he's thrived. Maybe this is a place for him to kind of kick off his, his new year in, in style. Well, two things. I, I just want to put a bow on what Greg offered about Kevin now pulling out. Um, this time of the year was so much golf played. These fatigue-based injuries like lib, rib tweaks and, and transverse muscles and stuff, they're real. Uh, they're, they're, it, it happens often. It's just sad for me that it happens in his hometown, really. Now, maybe it's just resting for what is sadly now the more illustrious of the two events because the Shriners event for the longest time, the Vegas Open, it's it's been one of the mainstays on the calendar on the PGA Tour. And so that's why you see a good field there. And I love the golf course. I think it sets up great. It's got an awesome finish for a lot of jockeying, jockeying and position moving. And and I've called it for radio a bunch and been in a few playoffs over there. And so it's a lot of fun. And as for um, um, Webb, it's, it makes sense to sort of kick off your season at a place where you've had success. Um, the greens there are always immaculate. There's always, as you know, very little wind there unless you get some storm system that rumbles through. So it's a great barometer for where the game is, and it's a great place to sort of get yourself going if you're low on confidence. Now, the one thing about Webb is a real managerial sort, and I'm, I'm not so sure he really leaks confidence very much, even when he might not be at his best. So I think it's a great place to start, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if he plays well, given the greens and given the way that he putts, really. Yeah, phenomenal with that flat stick. Uh, a couple of guys, youngsters or younger guys coming off the Ryder Cup here, Greg. Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. You know, we've talked about this before. Uh, Abe Anser after the President's Cup, Sung J.M., Cam Smith, they kind of have this little bit of a, a coming out party, right? They get a taste of this kind of match play. Some guys, it takes their game to the next level. This is the first start for both of them, obviously, after the Ryder Cup. Interested to see how these two battle it out at TPC Summerlin. I'm interested too. Uh, and I don't feel, I feel very confident with Webb. Um, I don't necessarily feel as confident with Scotty and um, with Scotty and Victor Hovland. And the reason for that is simply where the cut line usually falls. So this is one of those events where you're really short odd guys, the guys you expect to win, the guys that look on paper, like they're better than everybody else in the field. They have a, a higher cut risk in an event like this, in my opinion. And the reason for that is, like Mark said, very little wind. You can be short and crooked and get around here. Uh, the cut line is usually very low. 268 isn't necessarily going to get the job done. So if you're a player like Victor Hovland, who strikes it really well, and he, especially with the driver, he is a phenomenal driver of the ball. When he gets on a really difficult course, a uh, major championship, near major championship setup style, that driver becomes a real weapon. He can avoid trouble more so than other players. He can he has speed to get out of rough more so than some other players. And so your game, when you're when you're um, relying on ball striking, really shines on more difficult venues. When the venue gets a little easier, the scoring gets a little lower. More players are open, and more players are available to shoot lower scores. That missed cut risk goes up. And I'd put both Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland in that category where when the course and the conditions get more difficult, I lean on them a little more. I like their odds a little more. They are, uh, they're a little safer to at least make a cut. Um, and, and they can play well this week. And if they don't get it going with the putter, they can miss the putt. Uh, they can miss the cut. So that's my concern with them. At the same time, if Scotty Scheffler was 
the 54 hole leader of this event, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I just think there's a little more risk this week with guys like that. Great ball strikers who may get a little hot and cold with the putter. There's a little more risk for them to, um, to, to go home early this week. Speaking of risk, there is, there's actually a comment in the chat from Sebastian here referencing Ricky Fowler, Mark, and this is going to be a fascinating year. We kind of did this with Jordan Spieth, uh, you know, before the start of last year. It's like, what is he going to do? Is this is this OWGR going to tank? Is he ever going to get back into contention? Well, we haven't seen him in two months. He's played well at TPC Summerlin. In fact, nobody's putted better than him at this course over the last 10 or 11 years. This is kind of an interesting restart and refresh for Ricky, isn't it? It truly is. Um, and I would love to be able to you know, prognosticate and tell you what he was likely to do. No one really knows. I can come in physically and say, when I last saw him play, I thought the golf swing was looking organized better. And it looked like he was starting to hit the ball more online and more the right distance, but you never really know what's happening between the player's ears. And that's where it all sort of begins and ends. So you can be all sorts of confident in practice and maybe for two of three rounds or maybe three or four, but when you know it starts meaning something and you're in contention or you're playing for the cut on Friday afternoon, that's when the golf swing and the game of go- the game and uh, just the the entire golfer as a rule is 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 sort of tested by fire. And so I don't know where Ricky is belief wise on what he's doing and how confident he's feeling. Um, I, I, I would I would love for him to get in here and be able to play under the radar a little bit. And, and sort of get a few good rounds under his belt. I don't know if he'll be a featured group, but maybe just get out there. You know, of course you do. Why don't you tell us? Is he a featured uh, group? I was just pulling up featured groups, Mark, and you'll be happy to hear Ricky Fowler is not in a featured group. Well, I mean, that's that, that, that to me is a check mark in, in, in his credit column already because now he can just go and freewheel it some for a couple of rounds, maybe shoot a couple of rounds in the 60s, get himself into the weekend, and sort of, not backdoor something, but put together, put together four rounds and and sort of get a little traction, if you will, because when that starts to happen, that for me is when the confidence is buoyed. You can be, again, confident in practice, but confident under pressure and competing is a different deal. And, and that's all he needs. But like I said, when I last saw him play, the swing looked pretty clean, looked pretty well organized, and, and the ball striking was there. But now you've got to do it when the pressure's up. It's an interesting, uh, I, I like that angle. That's interesting. Fly under the radar. Ricky doesn't often get to play outside of feature groups. Here, here are the feature groups, Greg. Let's let's go through these. We live in a world where Martin Laird is in a feature group and Ricky Fowler is not. Obviously, Martin Laird, our defending champion. Laird is going out with Scotty Scheffler and Webb Simpson. Brooks is going out with Abraham Anser and Sam Burns. I'll be following that group around. Uh, <laughs> Hideki Matsuyama, Victor Hovland, and Adam Scott. Not bad. Harris English, Patrick Reed, and Ryan Palmer. Those Gregs are your feature groups. Interesting. They are interesting. All great players. Patrick Reed is a guy to watch out for. Abraham Answer is a guy to watch out for. Brooks Kepka is a guy to watch. I, I'm not sure what we're going to get here at, at this venue. He's been feast or famine. Uh, uh, he's either missed the cut or finished near the lead at top five. I, I think he has two fourth place finishes here. Um, so, or maybe a second, I might be thinking an answer with the fourth answer has two finish. fourths in the last three years. I think Kepka has a runner up. Right. So he's, so. he's been close to the lead every time he's made the cut, but he's also missed some cuts, which goes back to what I was saying earlier, where they, I mean, really good players 
with really strong games are at a miscut risk this week, more so than a normal week. Uh, that being said, I like the featured groups. I like the fact that Ricky is not in one. I'm okay with Martin Laird being in one. That seems like a respect thing. Yeah, and he, and he's got um, he he's got a good duo with him alongside of him. So yeah, there those are those are good groups, really good players. And if you're watching on PGA Tour Live, you'll have some good action to see. And uh, that that's a that's a good thing. And that's obviously why they're in there. Hideki Hovland, Adam Scott. Ooh, uh, yeah. That, I mean, you're going to hear a lot of nice noises coming off those uh, those club faces. That's a good one, Mark. That's a good one. If yeah, that's the one I'll certainly tune in for, and and to just build on the Fowler thing too. From our point of view, it's good that he's not in a feature group, so he can just play free. He can swing free a little bit and not have to worry about cameras moving around and all that sort of stuff. But if I was Ricky and one or two of the other folks who were featured names, I'd have my rear end a little chafed, you know, given the fact that I'm not in one of these groups. So maybe the Camp Fowler can use this as some bulletin board stuff to say, "Big guy." This is Vegas, and you're not in a feature group. Vegas is you're like Elvis around here. What's going on? <laughs> and maybe this is a chance for him to say, "Well, dang, I'm going to prove myself a little bit and go and play with a bit of a chip on the shoulder." You know? Hey, if he needs the if he needs the feature groups not being in a feature group to give him a chip, then I think we've got a real problem. Because Mark, he missed the playoffs last year. He missed the playoffs. But then, but then you build on that to say, "Yo, Rick, you missed the playoffs." And now you're not a feature group. Now it's yeah, time. He, he better have a chip on his shoulder. And that's something I'm looking for with Ricky. Are we going to see? So back to that earlier question, I'm sorry to rewind the tape and go back to this question, but is anybody playing Ricky this week? I I think he's worth a chance in, in DFS because he's got some good value, but all in all, he hasn't played in a really long time. And usually, if you look at what Jordan Spieth did coming back, it took a couple of took a couple of reps under the gun to Mark's point to really get comfortable. My hope is he's made some strides in his practice. If that shows up this week and he performs well, that would be a welcome surprise. But this is a the thing I'm looking for with him is is he going to have that high round? If he comes back and and has some ups and downs and and that that round of seventy three. Uh, that round of 74, that's going to be cause for concern to me. If he goes out and shoots a couple of 68s and misses the cut, I'm not going to be overly, overly worried. But um, the thing that plagued Ricky last year was one, at least one really high round. And he played some nice rounds, some really good rounds. And he was, oh, Ricky's back. He's in contention. And then 76. And that's the thing I'm looking for. If he can avoid that kind of situation, Regardless of result, then I think I think it could be uh, it'd be a positive week for him. Keep a close eye on him. Keep a close eye on him all week long. Hopefully, all week long. Maybe two days. Maybe four days. We'll find out. <laughs> We've got some news out of the LPGA. Pretty significant news here. The ANA Inspiration is on the move. It's moving to Houston, and they are joining with the new title sponsor, Chevron, and they are cranking this purse up, Mark. It's going to be $5 million. That's a 60% increase. That'll start in 2023. It'll be moved back a little bit in the calendar. We're not going to see that infamous uh, jump into, I think it's Poppy's Pond, off, off the 18th green there, but this is... This is the progression of the game, right? If we want to get more eyeballs on the LPGA, if we want to increase the purses, we've got to make some trade-offs. 
truly. And um, there had been a lot of calls in recent seasons for the ANA because it, it would clash with, um, it's early in the season, I want to say almost the Masters or something like that. Um, and it was so, March, maybe players? It was, player, it's yeah. in March. It was a big event, so it would always be sort of the the stepsister a little bit. And but there were calls for more eyeballs on the thing, and certainly calls over recent years for for some purse equalization between the LPGA and the PGA Tour. So I'm just jacked that Chevron would come on board and support the LPGA. I think it's a really good idea, um, and it's it's necessary. You know, I understand that it's moving away from um, the desert, which had been an institution really, but. You know, when an organization is putting out that much money, they get to decide where they want and why they want. And, and that's just how the game works. It's the professional game of golf. So from the from that broader perspective, it's exciting that a major championship would get this sort of a look in from a big, big blue chip company and, and, and decide to support ladies golf. So I'm excited about that. There is, uh, there's momentum on the LPGA side here, Greg, not only the increase in purses, but you got it. You got to figure, okay, where does the new money come from? Does it come from sponsors? Does it come from a new revenue stream? This is how every tour on the planet works. And the LPGA, they've now got that, that new strokes gain data. They've got that new data lake. You wonder if this is going to start to mean more wagering if they're going to partner with a, a sports book if that's how they're going to increase some of these purses there, there's certainly been some momentum here on the lpga to modernize a little bit i felt like in 2020 the lpga got a little momentum and because of the way that they handled the covid situation you heard a lot of mike Wan and in interviews you heard a lot of the players in interviews they were very open and willing to uh, to come out and, and talk about what was going on. And so I felt like we got to know these players a little bit. And one thing when you have um, players like this and you want to go and you, you hear an interview with um, let's say Leona McGuire or something, you, you want to go and find something out about them. And the LPGA website was a real weakness for them. So having some more data, having strokes gain data is a welcome sign. And then when you combine that with a little time on network TV, all of a sudden you you can generate a following. You can generate a, a, a stronger fan base. You can grow your fan base. And that's really what this is all about to me. This is about among anything above anything else getting on network TV. The purse is great. The, the players, of course, will benefit from that. I don't know if that affects viewership. But they've been crying about this for a long time, crying out to get more more pay, to raise purses, to in, improve purses. And the truth is, without network TV, the purses can't really grow. And that's where the value of a sponsorship comes into play. If you're going to sponsor something, you want as many eyeballs on it as possible. So the two go hand in hand. Uh, is Does betting come into play? Do other, other revenue streams come into play? I'm sure. There are a lot of ways to get creative about that, but it doesn't come into play without eyes. And and it you don't get eyes without being where the eyes are. So you got to find a way to get yourself in front of the biggest crowd possible. And I think that's really what's behind all of this. Hey, if, if we move in our schedule, if we move the location, if we take on a title sponsor, we can get on network TV. That's the that's the priority. 
because that will be the fuel that will be the engine behind everything and then you add the data and you improve the website and you improve things on the back end so when your fans get engaged they have somewhere to go they have something to look at now you have something that can really grow uh and and so i i think these are some optimistic signs even though there's been some turmoil some different varying takes on uh on social media i i think this is ultimately a good thing to liam's question in the chat where can you find the lpga strokes gain stats i don't believe they are available yet i believe they're in the collection process and they will post them when they have a bit of a sample size probably january or something like that i think they're i think is what they're planning on doing or they've been collecting them in the background uh gentlemen we have to get to our best bets, we have to get to our one and done, but let me leave you before we get to a break with this tweet from Shane Ryan, which I just absolutely love. And I'm going to try to do this tweet justice. It says, a lot of people are asking why Brooks and Bryson are only playing 12 holes. But in fact, it was the perfect compromise between Bryson's proposal to play 24 holes and Brooks's pro- proposal to play zero. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was so good. Here it is. Jacob's going to bring it up. That's, I mean... It's great. It's a great tweet. I love it. Fantastic. That is All a right. great tweet. We're going to do best bets, our picks, and our one and done. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. All right, Jets, we are going into our best bets. This is where we scour the site over at Caesars. We find the absolute one wager we cannot live without, and we put... I don't know what we put on. I think we say a hundred, a hundred dollars on, on each one of these. And we track it throughout the year. Greg, I see a very interesting best bet from you, sir. Where are you going? I'm going to Webb Simpson. I think he's the most reliable player in the field. And I'm going with Webb Simpson at a top 10. I believe he is ready for that. I believe he has the game for that. The thing that could hold Webb back from a top 10 is 
him finishing one shot out of a playoff and finishing tied 11th or something crazy like that. Like what happened at the Wyndham? I, yeah, I know it was tied seven T seven and he was one shot out of the playoff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and, and you can get something like that here in this kind of tournament, you can get some crazy bunched up leaderboards. I think Webb is going to be a part of it. There's been a little narrative going on. The guys that didn't get the call from the Ryder cup have, gone out and done their job and won. We've seen it, what, three weeks in a row? You had Billy Horschel. You had Sam Burns. Max Homa. Um, Max Homa at the Fortinet. All guys have, they and they referenced the their Ryder Cup ambitions. Max Homa wasn't necessarily, hey. I don't think he was necessarily in the mix. His form was not not great at the time, but it was, a, it was something that he, that bothered him. And I know that this bothered Webb Simpson deeply to not be on this team. And I don't think he wants to be left out again. I don't think he wants to be on the outside looking in for the president's cup. And it's, I know it's a long way away. And the point isn't that the Ryder cups around the corner. That's not the point. The point is it's just in the rear view mirror. And for certain players, it's, it's a, it's a very fresh, the wound is fresh. I also look at Webb Simpson, even if the Ryder cup were out of the picture and I see a guy who was second in actual scoring average. I see a guy who's second in round four scoring average. He is one of the best performers on Sunday in the game. And he's one of the best, simply one of the best scorers in the game. He was eighth last year in birdie average. He's a great putter. He's a, a, a very good iron player who has been great last year. That was the area that kind of slipped for him. So I'm looking for Webb to take advantage of a golf course like this, where he's played very well and very consistently in the past. I expect him to get to the weekend and I expect him to finish in the top 10. Webb Simpson to finish inside the top 10 for Greg's best bet. We called coach. He said he's going with Will Zalatoris minus 120 over Sung J.M. I'm sticking with a, a top bet. Mine is a top 20. Abraham answer at plus 150. I just think you get a course where you don't need to be all that long. Play out of the fairway. Roll the rock. He's already finished fourth year twice in the last three years. I'm going with answer to finish inside the top 20, which leaves you, Mark, for your best bet for this week's Shriners. Uh, well, I have to give a nod to Sam Burns in the top 20 number because I, I'm ruining my decision. I actually considered him in one and done last week, and I don't know what overcome, what I was overcome by, but I didn't do that. And he's just the complete player right now, operating with a bunch of confidence. You know, you're going to an event in Vegas where coming off the win, he can play with house money, essentially. And I think the number on him was like plus 130 or something like that for a top 20. And that is a really good bet, in my opinion. But I'm going with pure numbers here. I, I look down the top rest of the world numbers. And that includes guys like Abe Answer and company like that. And Siwoo Kim, who's been playing awesome. It's plus 1,100 to be the low guy in a group of like seven, I think it is. I'm sure you got the names over there, Rick. And, and, and Siwoo is sort of streaky, and he's had a decent record yeah. Uh, I think in his last three goes around, he's finished inside the top 25. So he's been a part of the storyline late. And so with him being low guy there out of the internationals, I, I think is a pretty handsome bet at plus 1,100. Yes, this is what Caesar call Caesars refers to as top rest of the world player. Uh, some notables from that group: 
Abraham, Abraham answer. Louis stays in Hideki Matsuyama, Sung JM, Corey Connors, Siwoo Kim, 11 to one is the bet that Mark is referencing there. So just to recap, Mark's going with Siwoo Kim, top rest of the world player, 11 to one. Coach is going with Will Zaltors over Sung JM. Greg is going with Webb Simpson to finish inside the top 10. And I'm going with Abe answer to finish inside the top 20. That allows us to move on to our, quote, expert picks, although I think we have learned uh, we are not that uh, generous. We are not experts. We are going to do sleepers, top 10, and pick to win. Let's start with sleepers, and let's start with Greg. Okay. um, Glad you did that first here for me. So my sleeper this week, I didn't even scroll down far enough to see where he is, but I know he's a sleeper uh, based largely on his $6,900 DFS price, but it, it's Roger Sloan for me. And yeah. I, I think Roger Sloan is a great sleeper this week. One, he's coming off a tied 14th at the Sanderson farms. So he got, he reached 17 under par. He played some very nice golf. What he did at the end of last season was really special. And, and I think he started to learn that he really, is, he's really this type of player. And, and you look at what he did here. He, he finished tied 16th at the 3M. He finished sixth at the Barracuda. He finished tied second at the Wyndham. And this is a guy who can make a lot of birdies. He can fill it up the way he did at the Wyndham, the way he did at the end of last season. And I was so impressed at the Wyndham with what he did and how he handled it on Sunday. I could see Roger Sloan getting himself right there in the mix, uh, coming down the stretch again this week. Uh, and and looking at what he does statistically well, he's a very good iron player, a very good driver of the ball, top 70 last year in both of those categories. Putting was the weakness, but through the six rounds that he's played so far this year, he's 45th in putting. I know it, it's hard to utilize that, but he's gaining in putting, and he's still gaining. He's, he's right at the same place where he was last year, uh, approaching the green. So I like the steadiness with his ball striking, and I like the improvements on and around the greens. Roger Sloan is 125 to one at Caesars Sportsbook, so certainly a sleeper there. Kyle Porter has sent in his picks. Uh, last we heard from Kyle, he was driving back from vacation, playing the license plate game, and they were seven license plates away from all 50 states. So good luck, Kyle. We're rooting for you there. His sleeper, Maverick McNeely. Uh, I'm going with Ricky Fowler. We already talked about Ricky Fowler. Don't have to don't have to hit on it again. So, Mark, your sleeper for this week. I'm going with a guy who goes to Vegas often because his golf instructor works at Summerlin, and the instructor's name is Jeff Smith. And the guy I'm picking is Aaron Wise, who's actually contended at this event before. I think uh, he might have had a, certainly a top five, and yeah, of late he's he's also played very well around there. So. There's course familiarity. He'll be with his coach. And last week, first event of this new season, he had three rounds in the 60s. A bad final day of 72, but shot 15 under. So clearly the game is in decent order for Aaron Wise. So essentially a homecoming for a guy who who loves it around there. And so I think he might be worth the flutter. And he, uh, I believe, officially moved here at the end of last year. So I think he's now a, a resident. I think he moved from Jupiter out here. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure about that. Um, top 10, Mark, let's stay with you. Top 10 is a similar name that we've seen on your betting card thus far. Yeah, I, I went with Siwoo Kim. Um, it's just, I'm intrigued by the way he's playing right now. He's done some work with Claude Harmon over recent seasons and he's really solidified himself and 
he's the kind of guy that every so often pops into contention and then just finishes off. He's had three wins. He's been playing solidly. And he's the streaky sort. And I think with, you know, we're in a President's Cup selection season now. And he's one of those players who wants to start to make a case to get inside of uh, Captain Trevor Immelman's team. So uh, I think there's renewed resolve there for Kim. He's obviously playing very well. And and he has had a decent time of it here around uh, around Summerland. So um, I, I'm going for Kim to, go, Kim to get in the top 10. Siwoo Kim for Mark to finish inside the top 10. Greg, you and I, same guy. It's Weber. Yeah, we love him. Uh, and I talked about that at length in the in the best bet. So no need to spend a lot of time on it. But I, there's no player in this field I feel more confident about this week. Not necessarily in winning the tournament, but in in finishing inside that top ten. Kyle Porter is going with hey Brooks. Hey Brooks Kepka is his top ten pick this week. So Webb Simpson for Greg and I. Siwoo Kim for Mark. Kyle went with Brooks. Now the only thing left to do is to pick our winner. Ooh, four different winners. Oh, I like, I like when this happens. Four different winners. Kyle's going with Sung JM, which <laughs> from his lips to the golf God's ears, let's do that. I'll be, I'll love it. Sung JM, uh, Greg, <laughs> I love this. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and tell everybody who your winner is. <laughs> drum roll, please. Pat, Patrick Reed. That was a great drum roll, by the way. Thanks. Um, now there's been a couple there, there's the big theme, the big narrative so far this year is that all of our winners were motivated by not getting the call for the Ryder cup. And there's nobody more motivated by that. Not, uh, that call that negative call than getting cut from the team than Patrick Reed and Patrick Reed also is a nice fit here because he can make a lot of birdies, but driving is a weakness for him. And he is not the longest player. And he was more accurate last year, but he's not the most accurate driver of the ball. He can get it going with the irons at times. He was 57th strokes gained approach the green, but he is arguably the best putter on tour. And the other thing about Patrick Reed is when he's upset about something, he shows up. When there's something going on, circling, lingering about Patrick Reed, when the questions are not about golf, when they're about whether he moved sand or not and how he felt or when there's something going on with Patrick Reed, he wins. He wins. And so I, I look at this situation and I'm thinking about what, what is press conferences like this week? And it's, how are you feeling? And there's probably not a lot of questions about his health, although some, and there's probably a lot of questions about what he was doing when the U S won the Ryder cup at whistling Straits. And I don't think there's anybody more bitter and he's not wrong to be bitter. He's not wrong to be upset. It's a natural human instinct, but it can't feel good when you're captain America and the team goes out and everybody has a great time and they have a great experience and you're left out. It's human nature to feel a little jealous, feel a little upset. And I, I can't think of any more motivation for this guy. So I expect him to come out guns ablaze and, and ready to make a pile of birdies. He might just burn it all down. Just burn it all down on the way out. And Patrick Reed might just pull it off. So Patrick Reed to win for Greg. As I mentioned, Kyle went with Sung J.M. I'm going with Victor Hovland. I just 
love the kid. He's going to just, he's going to go as far as the putter allows him to in terms of actually winning this event, but he's got such a high floor with the ball striking. If he rolls a couple of putts in, uh, I think he's in contention. I'm going with Victor Hovland, but Mark, uh, I was between your pick to win and my pick to win. I went with Hovland. You're going with whom? Well, my pick is indicative of what I said about picking uh, Kim just on pure numbers for that plus 1100. I'm going with Abraham Anser, who's got a scoring average since 2018 around this place of under 67 and it's past 71. So, you know, he's getting around there at a four and a par clip on average. And that means that he's going to shoot, if he plays average, uh, something around the 16 under par number. Now, that may not win. You know, scores in years past have been a little. That deep. won't win. But he's the kind of guy where since that victory in um, Memphis, which I was on hand for, and he he really impressed me. I was always impressed, but he had shots under pressure there that turned my head. And since then, it looks like he's just moved his game to a different level mentally. He's always been a shot maker, but he just looks like he believes truly that he belongs. And so he should be one of the favorites this week. And uh, uh, he is my pick to win, certainly. I like that a lot. Uh, let's move over to our one and done. Now it's early. We're two weeks into this. Mark, hang, hang tight. We'll get to you in a while. We, we start from the bottom. We work our way up. We'll get to you, Mark. Let's start. Many of the first few folks. <laughs> let's let's start where we normally start the bottom. And a coach is there again. Coach is always there. <laughs> He went with Cam Champ and Sebastian Munoz. Uh, $0 for both of those. Now, he's going this week with Will Zalatoris, Greg. That's that's the pick. Will Zalatoris. Is this a um, – is, is he panicking, burning Will here? Is this a yeah. panic move, $0 through two weeks? It, it, I don't know if it's panic, but it feels too early to me. Um, and, and I don't – again, I go back to the same thing a little bit higher miscut risk. I'm not saying that he's going to miss the cut, but I don't like a guy who's shaky with the putter, especially in a one and done scenario where now, and you know, he's going to be really valuable at some point down the stretch. And now you're taking on this much risk in a really volatile event where guys, really good players will, will play good rounds and miss the cut. And, and a guy who struggles on the greens, I it would be very nervous. I'm sitting in those shoes and look, I hope he proves me wrong. I'm a huge Will Zalatoris fan, but in my one and done strategy, uh, he's, he's on the bench this week. The Reverend Ducham preaching over there. That was a really good call because this is a putting contest, this thing. And yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, all the strokes gained folks are going to come after me. Yeah. He can ball strike his way to success. Sorry. It doesn't happen in Vegas. You're going to be able to hit it and put it exhibit Patrick Cantley, who, if he was playing, I would have picked to have the last two years in one and done. Let me be clear. Greg's strategy for the one and done this year has been exactly the same as coaches, Cam Champ and Sebastian Munoz. So Greg, it is your opportunity uh, to get, to get on the board here, to add some dollars to your total. Yeah. And again, uh, we talked about it last night or uh, on Sunday night, Rick, Sebastian Munoz. I'm fine with that pick. I'm comfortable with a zero there. I, I knew what I was getting into when I went in. I also iterated after the camp champ pick that that was my biggest regret of the season. And I'm happy it happened in week one because I will not make a mistake like that again. So uh, that being said, Coming from a guy as I'm preaching about coach's pick. Also, I have zero dollars, so you can shoot at me all you want. I totally get it, and I deserve it. 
I was asked to analyze the situation. I analyzed the situation. So, coach, no hard feelings. We're both at zero. Hopefully after this week, that changes. It better change. So I'm going with a, a very common pick. I imagine a popular pick. I, I originally wanted Kevin Na. He was my original selection. He's the safe play here. He's the guy that makes sense. He's the he, he's the answer here. Kevin Na is the right answer. He's the right play in one and done this week. You're, you're not risking a lot if you lose him, but unfortunately he's not playing. So he's out. He's the wrong play. The right play now and I don't feel as confident this is the right play because he's a really valuable player and will be for the rest of the year. But uh, Abe answer to me is the reason why. Mark iterated a number of those reasons. I think he has a real chance of winning. Um, it's a guy who can putt. He's top 30 in putting. He's top 30 last for last year for a full season. Top 30 in putting. Top 30 in approach play. Top 30 in in driving. That's a lethal combination. And he's also a top player in birdie average, which which I just I love. He's done well in the desert before, both here, um, yeah, twentieth and birdie average. So an- another area where he's top thirty. Um, he he has done really well in the desert at both the American Express and here. So I, I can't help but think Abe answer is a a really solid play. Well, uh, for the sake of the majority. I hope you're right because you are correct. He is popular. Four of us rolling out Abraham answer this week. More on that in just one second. You see that final goose egg there on the season standings that Jacob is showing on YouTube right now, Kyle Porter. And uh, I I'd love to have him on right now because he's going with Pat and Kazire. And I don't know why any, do we have any hunches here? <laughs> it's Kyle. He's just throwing something. Maybe it sticks. You never know. Look, I, I think it's actually a, a reasonable pick. There's a there's a big risk this week, and you could have a guy that's surefire that gets you zero. And if Pat and Kazire gets you zero, you can shake that off. I'm sorry to say. But he made a ton of birdies last year. He got hot last year, especially on Sundays. I I don't know if he's hot right now, but I don't I, I totally understand the strategy. A little last- a little peep behind the curtain. I did sent him the message getting his one and done pick. And he said, Zalatoris, wait, check that Pat Kazire. Because they're the so, same player. <laughs> if that get, if that gives you a little insight into Kyle Porter's mind. So he went audible. He, yeah, wow. he called, yeah, he called an audible at the line. He changed the play. Couldn't think yeah. of anyone else. He's like, Kazire. <laughs> yeah. Pat Kazire's last top 10 was uh Charles Schwab. That was, um, a while ago. We'll, we'll see. I, I like Pat and Kazire. I was just surprised to see that here in the slot. So Kyle is going with Kazire. Sian Ajad is in fourth. He has 108,000. He's going with Abraham Answer. I'm in third. I have 162,000. I'm going with Abraham Answer. Producer Jacob, come on back. He, You are in second place. That You are getting cozy near the top. 371,000. You too going with Abe Answer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Greg hit on why I like Abe this week. And, you know, we're not getting cozy at the top because we're not at the top yet. We're in second place. I got I got a guy I got to take down. Well, all I know is I'm going to be $371,700 behind Jacob this week and $162,750 <laughs> behind Rick this week. That's all I know. Yeah. And and $108,000 and 121 behind Sia as well. Cause it, oh, yeah, right. That's a good answer. point. 
Yeah, you're that's gonna. A, that's you, a great but point. you can make up. You know, you can make up ground. You can separate yourself from Coach and Kyle, and we'll see. But yeah, the man well, maybe this is a stay week. The man we're all chasing. It's you, Mark. Eight hundred and forty-eight thousand. Your first two picks of the year. I'm pulling them up. Here we go. Oh, Mav McNeely at the Fortinet. 805 G's. That'll go far. And the Mito Pereira pick at the Sanderson Farms got you 42,788. So you're front running early in the year. Who's your one and done? I am. I, I agree with Greg that it's risky to pick folks here at Summerlin because of the cut number. And, you know, maybe you get a perfect morning. I've seen Rod Pampling shoot 60 around this place. Then in the afternoon, the wind freshened in the afternoon and 67 became a good score. So it's it's hard to handicap this place. And I see Seb Max is assuming I'm going with Siwoo. I'm actually going with someone who's sort of a risky pick, but the game's trending. He had a T17 last week. Um, he shot 61 around this place before, and he was made for Vegas. Matthew Wolf is who I'm going with because this is the kind of guy, you know, he's had those troubles personally. He seems to be on the rebound. Oh, what a place for a young Matthew uh, Wolf to, to win. I mean, he and Vegas are almost synonymous in the way they, 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 they kind of go, aren't they? So I'm going with Wolf. Hey, I'm just to add in, I, since I've commented on everybody else's pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think Mark, this is great strategy. If you pick a volatile guy at a place like this, that's, to me smart because it is so volatile and and i don't think i don't foresee a place this year other than maybe the u.s open but i'm not sure you're going to pick wolf anyway there's no place where matthew wolf feels safe Mm -hmm. so if you're going to be volatile and you want to get a little matthew wolf this year this is a this is a really good pick for him this is a good week for it and for the folks watching who might be in a one-and-done league who haven't seen summerlin a number of the fairways there's desert and cacti on either side so Everyone's going to play one of one or two of those shots uh, for the week. But the truth is, between the desert, there's a lot of room to drive the thing. Uh, and the greens are great. And he's a real streaky putter. And 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 let him air it out. You know, he drives it long enough. He's going to get a bunch of scoring clubs in hand. Um, Matthew Wolf is risky. But, you know, I feel like there's a little mojo going on. And it's one of those early season events where you make a big splash. And you essentially almost guarantee the rest of your season. I said Ricky Fowler was one of the most interesting guys to follow this year. I take that back. Matthew Wolf to me is uh, a fascinating storyline that we're going to be talking about early and often as this year continues. So it'll be exciting. Um, but I think that'll do it, gentlemen. We are now trending towards Thursday at Shriners, week one of two here in Las Vegas. Should be a blast for now. Let me thank producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes that right there. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick run good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.